When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. How many times do I say into this microphone, you never want to be the guy after the guy. You just don't want to be the guy after the guy. Check it out. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. This guy, after Tom Brady, leaves. Baker throws a dart toward the end zone. Caught ball by Cummins. There's no doubt in my mind that he has raised this franchise. Earlier on the show, ESPN NBA insider Brian Windhorst. Fox Sports College Football Analyst, Bruce Feldman. Coming up, host of Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio. And now, it's Rich Eisen. All right, hour number three of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air, and I was on pins and needles last couple hours. I literally started every hour this way. I'm waiting for Jim Harbaugh's announcement, and apparently the, (coughs) excuse me, uh, apparently, the Chargers have let Jim Harbaugh out of the building in a way that the Titans did not let Brian Callahan out of their building. He is apparently back in Schembechler Hall today having meetings. <laughs> like, hey, what you up to? What are you up to? Hey. Talking about NIL, talking <laughs> about, you know, the coaches are all on the roads, keeping keeping things going. So Jim's back in uh, back at back at the office as the head coach of the University of Michigan Wolverines. So what weird. the hell's going on? I'm not sure. Outrageous. It is not outrageous. <laughs> that is wrong. Sorry. It's awesome. <laughs> this is BS. This is, hey, this is BS. if you want to hire Jim Harbaugh, don't let him out of the building. The answer is yes, Jim. Here's the contract you were looking for. Here's the coaching staff you, you say you want uh, us to spend on. Yeah. This is the general manager you want. So good thing I've got Mike Florio on the horn right here from Pro Football Talk, joining us right here on the Rich Eisen Show, the creator and editor-in-chief of said, uh, I guess, awesome site with all the news and information you need. Mike, what is going on with my head coach at this point in time? Well, look, there's been a belief all along that Don Yee, who he hired a few weeks back, and that was the biggest signal he was going to explore NFL opportunities when he hired Yee, that Yee was going to work this and get the best possible financial offer for Jim Harbaugh, and then he'll make his decision. And if money is his top factor, it might not be the NFL. It might be Michigan, where he's got a huge offer on the table. We talked last time about the possibility of the NCAA issuing what they call a show-cause order that would essentially force Michigan to fire him at some point in time. But the financial side of it and the commitments he could get in writing to get his money, that may be where he lands if it comes down to raw dollars the chargers are in a weird spot here because they're very sensitive about the perception that they're not willing to pay and that gives harbaugh a great opportunity to put his thumb on the scale and try to get even more because you don't want to reinforce the notion that the chargers are cheap that said something kept this from happening while he was in the building as you said you don't let the guy get out of the building you don't let him move on to other options especially when michigan's got a huge offer on the table and the falcons want to bring him in for a second interview that hasn't happened yet you take a calculated risk when you let him out of the building the last time around rich when they hired brandon staley one of the reasons they moved as fast as they did they believed if staley left the building the eagles would have hired him to be the head coach so they know what it means to let a guy walk away yeah I mean, not just any building. They let him go back into his office where, you know, there's there's that football. There's that, you know, Michigan hat. There's that m- memory. I mean, they, they let him go back into his comfort spot. Uh, I, 
Okay. I mean, and again, every, I'll repeat to you, I'm sure you hear the same phrase all the time whenever you speak to a source about Jim Harbaugh. It always ends with, with Jim, you never know. So I, I don't know how, you, you can't read into anything, it, it appears here. But you know also coaching hiring and conversations. If you've got the guy and you have you have interviewed the, the people you wanted to interview and you've interviewed the people um, that, that satisfy the, the league's um, interviewing rules, and the Rooney rule as well, then then you hire the guy. Then it's over. Then it's done. Then you you hit you hit the mark. And apparently, for whatever reason, they didn't yesterday. Well, that's seems. right. Hey, look, this is the same guy who went to Minnesota two years ago and interviewed for the Vikings job and thought he was getting it until he didn't, and said at the time he was done pursuing NFL opportunities, and yet continues to do so. I I'm with you. We don't know what the guy's going to do until he does it, and we don't know what he asked for from the Chargers, but. If they were ready to hire him and they haven't, that means that there was an impasse somewhere, whether it was money, whether it was power, whether it was who the GM is going to be, whether he just got enough of a whiff of the organization to be scared off. I'm not saying he should be. I'm not saying he could be, but that's possible as well. Even though the Chargers have some great players, there's been something up with that team in recent years where they just can't compete at a high level. And a guy who's been a high-level competitor as a head coach for years now, it may be an indefinable thing that he just kind of sensed that this just isn't right for me. There's something wrong about this place. There's something wrong about the ownership group. There's something wrong generally. I just shouldn't do it. So the fact that he's gone and the fact that they move forward, searching for a GM, presumably interviewing other candidates, unless it just happens like that, you know, all it takes is if, if he's made what he wants known and – and all they have to do is pick up the phone and call Don Yee and say, okay, fine, we'll give him what he wants. But, yeah, it's a calculated risk to let him walk away. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. What's the latest on Belichick and Atlanta? What's Atlanta up to right now? I spent a lot of time working this over the weekend because we had our final NBC broadcast of the season. So I just wanted to know what is going on in Atlanta, particularly, and with Belichick generally. And obviously, getting someone from Belichick's side to talk is a challenge, to say the least. <laughs> I'm sure you'd be amazed to know it's a challenge to get anyone connected to Belichick to tell you anything. But from the Falcons' perspective, what I gathered is they still have plenty of work to do before they make a decision. They did work that they could do before the new rule that kicked in this year, Rich. You can't do in-person interviews with candidates under contract with other teams until the day after the divisional round. And the Falcons, as of Sunday, fully intended to start interviewing people in person who they weren't allowed to interview. Any coach under contract with another team, whether their team's alive or not, can't meet with them in person until the day after the divisional round. And they wanted to do that. The, the idea that Belichick was a frontrunner, and there's plenty of people in league circles saying Belichick's a frontrunner, he's going to get that job. The Falcons bristle at that idea. And also, the other complicating factor in Atlanta is the presence of CEO Rich McKay. The coach and the GM report to Rich McKay. That's the structure in Atlanta. And from their perspective, they'd have no problem with Bill Belichick ending up in that hierarchy. Belichick Mm -hmm. presumably will. Belichick won't want to report to Rich McKay. He'll want to report directly to the owner, just like he did in New England. So, you know, it's one of those things where the longer this takes, the weirder it seems. And (laughs) no one else has interviewed Belichick. This is the other thing that I picked up this weekend that I thought was significant. There are other teams thinking about, this was as of Sunday, other teams thinking about interviewing Belichick, but they hadn't done it yet. They hadn't made their consideration into an actual interview of Belichick. At least one of them was a team that had a vacancy over the weekend and still might. The other one, at least one, at least one, doesn't have a vacancy Mm. currently. So step one would be fire the coach you have before you begin the pursuit of Belichick. But there are teams interested. They just There hasn't been the land rush for Belichick that, that many thought there would be because this guy's one of the great coaches of all time. Why wouldn't you want him? Why wouldn't you do everything you could to try to hire the guy or at least do your due diligence on possibly hiring the guy? There's been something holding teams back. But the fact that, that teams that have a vacancy are still considering it and then there's a team that you just said that doesn't have a vacancy that is considering it, or at least over the weekend was, and now it's the middle of the week. How long is this going to play out? You know, I mean, um, how 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 
I, I guess I'm not used to this dragging deep into January, potentially the top of February. Um, with the senior bowl starting, I mean, evaluations have to have to get going here. You know, yeah. Usually, the only time that this drags into February is when we know that one of the teams in the Super Bowl is going to be losing a coordinator to one of the teams looking for a head coach. That has held true pretty much every year, except the year that Josh McDaniels jilted the Colts and they had to start from scratch and they ended up with Frank Reich. So it should it should be done at least as it relates to Belichick. It should be done sooner rather than later. But you still got four teams left. And look, no matter how careful I am when I say this, mm-hmm. it gets Chiefs fans triggered. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether or not Andy Reid's going to retire. I do know there's reason for the Chiefs to believe that he could. And obviously, that's all, you know, he's 65 years old. But th- th- there's enough that I've heard from enough people that I trust completely over the past few weeks to make me think the Chiefs are at least thinking, what will we do if he does? And I don't know that Belichick would be a fit there, but there's only one Patrick Mahomes. And if I want to catch Brady and win a Super Bowl, huh. then wow. that he, you know, that he did after he left me, I'll partner up with the guy who's determined to catch Brady with seven total in a heartbeat. So is that what Belichick's waiting for? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the Chiefs would want him. I don't know if the players would want him. I think there's reason to believe that if Andy Reid retires, the players are going to do what the Raiders players did when they said, we want Antonio Pierce. The players are going to say, we want Eric Bieniemy. I think there's a chance that happens. So I don't know that Belichick could be sold in the building, but maybe that's what Belichick's waiting for. Maybe he has reason to wait for it. I don't know. I don't know. It's speculation in the in the absence of of information from Camp Belichick, we have to speculate or we say nothing. So that's just something that I continue to keep an eye on. And I'm not saying Andy Reid is going to retire. All I'm saying is there's reason to believe the Chiefs are preparing for the possibility that he Mm -hmm. could. And we'll see. Mike Florio here on the Rich Eisen Show. Okay, so what's your reporting on how Philadelphia seems to be moving forward with uh, Nick Sirianni and just finding new coordinators for a second straight year. Well, they're due to speak at the bottom of the hour. Mm-hmm. Howie Roseman, the GM, and Nick Sirianni, the head coach. And they took, I think, a certain amount of delight in the idea that Jerry Jones felt compelled last week to issue a statement <laughs> days after the Cowboys were blown out at home by the Packers saying that Mike McCarthy will be back as head coach. Properly functioning franchises don't issue a statement that a coach with double-digit wins is coming back. The coach just comes back. I had somebody from another team make that point to me last week. Like, did the Browns issue a statement that Kevin Savansky is coming back? You don't have to issue a statement that you're sticking with the status quo. You just stick with the status quo, and that's what the Eagles did. Now, I also think it was brilliant for them to find a way to delay the end-of-season press conference, which has to happen by rule. They delayed it nine days. They kicked it completely out of last week. So all that steam, and he's still going to get some questions about his future and is he on the hot seat and sure. you know, did he think he was going to get fired, but it's not going to be like it was last week. It would have been a feeding frenzy last week if he had done that press conference on Tuesday or Wednesday in the days after they lost to the Buccaneers in the wildcard round. But, you know, Rich, something's wrong with that team. I mean, will we ever know the truth of what happened? I don't know. But when you look at just the circumstantial evidence, the way they collapsed, the body language of the players, the the just this the dark cloud that just parked over the entire team after it was ten and one. They never rebounded from getting blown out by the 49ers. Nick Sirianni never coached them out of that funk, and it just continued, and it felt like it got worse. Like what really went on behind the curtain that caused the players to act that way when they had started the season so well and they still made it to the playoffs? They were the better team. In theory, going into that game against the Buccaneers, and they didn't even show up. Man, that is you're you're, you're right. We we only see the tip of that iceberg. Um, but you know, Jeffrey Lurie decided to to stay put, and and um, and and I guess we'll have to look up what Nick Sirianni's regular season record is in the history of Eagles coaches because there was no release to tout it. You know, um, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I guess we'll have to Google that information, yeah. Mike. It's interesting that other teams are like, interesting how the Cowboys sent out a release. I love this league, man. 
<laughs> that's a great piece. Of, that's a great nugget. Uh, so, and Vrabel's a fascinating figure too in this whole thing. Mike, he's forty-eight, man, and and he's he brings an identity, right? I mean, because when you're, I, I was talking about this earlier in the show, and I, I, I'm mixing sports here, but we we just saw the Milwaukee Bucks fire a coach that's thirty and thirteen because they determined through the first half of a season. You know what? Um, he's not ready. He's not ready for the moment. We went with the the hot assistant, and he's not ready. We need a more veteran hand, and they're going to get Doc Rivers. And we're hearing about this hot coordinator and that hot coordinator, and the Titans did supplant Vrabel with one. And uh, I'm just wondering why not? And we're seeing some guys, you know you're what you're going to get, Belichick, Harbaugh, and Vrabel's one of them too. What's the scoop there, Mike? Look, I'll, I'll repeat very briefly the general observation that we talked about in detail last time, that these $10 billion businesses are run like family-owned food trucks, and that's what makes it fascinating <laughs> as well. But now that Vrabel's available, look, the Chargers interviewed him, and he's on that 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 radar screen. He's possibly going to be the coach of the Chargers. We'll see. The Seahawks are a possibility as well. There's been a lot of steam that the Seahawks are the team that could realize that's the way we need to go. Any preconceived notions that Dan Quinn's going to be the coach of the Seattle Seahawks, that's a hard sell to make to your fan base, to your paying customers, after Quinn gave up 48 points in that game against the Green Bay Packers. So Vrabel's in play, Seattle and L.A., and we'll just see. But Vrabel's another guy, and I'm not going to say rough around the edges. He's just one of these guys that's going to come in and tell you what he thinks. He's not going to pretty it up. He's going to be very blunt. He's going to be very direct. He's a coach that likes to coach everyone. He's got advice for you on anything and everything. And some owners may be taken aback by that because they're not used to having someone tell them things other than what they want to hear. And Vrabel would not be, would not be, you know, bashful about telling ownership what, what they don't want to hear. And, you know, can that be an impediment? It shouldn't be. But, but again, we're, we're talking about decisions being made by people who have passed no test to take the reins of a professional sports franchise. All right, before I let you go, I'll give you the floor on what you think the storyline of Championship Sunday might be, should be, what we should be focused on. I'll just give you that omnibus question wow. before I send wow. you on to your day. I'll right. give you two. First okay. one, first one. With Patrick Mahomes, we need to be uh, – cognizant of the fact that we're witnessing history. We always want to witness history. We witnessed it with Michael Jordan. There was a point with Tom Brady where we recognized we're witnessing history. With Patrick Mahomes, let's just appreciate the fact that what he's doing is something we've never seen before and never count the guy out. And I think anytime there's a rational, reasonable sense out there that people are counting him out, he finds a higher level of performance and he raises others up to it as well. And as to Brady, I mentioned him. Mm-hmm. I'm still astounded by the fact, Rich, that One of the writers at ESPN.com, Nick Wagner, who covers the 49ers, had a 6,000-word article last week about Brock Purdy, and buried at the bottom was Purdy telling the story that he was told by Kyle Shanahan in the offseason for 2023 that they were going to try to get Tom Brady. Healthy, you're the starter, unless we can get Tom Brady. And I don't know how the hell we didn't know that (laughs) all those months and weeks with all these people crawling around trying to break news every Sunday, Sunday splash report, Sunday splash report. How did that not get out? But beyond that, Rich, what does that tell us about what they think of Purdy right now? And what does it tell us if Purdy has one of his three or four interception games against the Lions on Sunday? What does it mean for 2024 when the guy who's been tied to Kyle Shanahan for years is available to anyone who wants him as of March 13, and his name is Kirk Cousins. What does it mean for Purdy if there's somebody out there that Shanahan can get that is instant plug-and-play and we go to the Super Bowl and we finally win it? So if Purdy has a bad day on Sunday, it's going to be, watch out, let's see what Kyle has up his sleeve next. Or if he has a great day, then then we put that stuff to bed unless he – you know, poops it in the Super Bowl. You know, honestly, like that's the sort of narrative yep. with Purdy. I think that it uh, makes Niner fans irate 
Um, you know, and but, but look at the history. Look at what the 49ers do. They keep grasping at straws trying to get a better quarterback for all they do well. The quarterback situation is a mess because Kyle's always looking for better, 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 better. So why would he not if Purdy has a bad game this week or in the Super Bowl? 100% agree. Mike, thanks for the time. Love it. Um, again, look for more of my texts and I greatly appreciate your your uh, appearances here. And your Thanks, insight. Rich. Thanks, See brother. Be right back at you. Mike Florio. Boy, there's a lot of food for thought there, man, from what the the Chiefs are thinking as they're getting ready for this game. And he's not wrong about Mahomes. He's not wrong about Mahomes right there. Vrabel, Belichick, Harbaugh. He's still at Michigan, right? Throughout that entire conversation. I just saw another that report way. that he's out here still. A lot uh, of conflicting uh, uh, reports. Oh, is that right? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I'm hearing he's back. Well, I mean, I, I'm hearing he's back in. He's back okay. at work in, in okay. Ann Arbor. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the program. When we come back. Harbaugh Watch 2023. No, yeah. <laughs> Jim Watch. <laughs> you can say Harbaugh Watch because there's another one that's active right well, now. We know one's not going anywhere for sure. Uh, we'll hear from Reed and Mahomes uh, still to come on this program. And power rankings, baby. Power Ooh, rankings baby. of players that can single-handedly send their team to the Super Bowl no, this weekend. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase so all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people, or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. What goes through your mind when you hear everybody wants one of you? You know, it's flattering and humbling, Rich, but it's a result of the success we've had as a team. And, you know, it's nice. just like, you no, know, but it's, but it, you know what, though? It is true, though. Like, we got great coaches on our staff. We got good players. It's a, it's a great reflection of our organization and what we've done. And, and I think, um, you know, that's the biggest thing. And to see guys that we've worked with over the last couple of years get opportunities mm-hmm. with Matt and with Zach Taylor, you know, they're deserving of it because of what they've done on their own merit. And when they go in and compete for jobs, people say, man, we can see this guy leading our organization. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing those guys thrive. Have you told Kingsbury that he has a job because of you, too? No, sure. that's the that. – Cliff got his deal on his own. Okay, no, I'm sure he did. I mean, you had – you you know, you were, you, were, you were knocking on his door, too, to join your staff. I know that. So you – Well, and I know he, you, when you, he was – you, you pantsed him, according to – I got him told, good, didn't you, I? Yeah, you, that was I pretty good. you told that to Schefter. That I you, did. You totally – what did you do to him? Well, uh, basically, you know, we uh, – he, he obviously has a – pre-existing relationship with with Patrick Mahomes he was out here doing some things and Cliff was was having dinner with him and a group of people and we have a mutual friend and I, I tricked him into thinking that you know he was tampering and that he was gonna lose some picks it was uh <laughs> That's what you changed somebody's somebody's name yeah. and your phone to Roger Goodell Is I did, did? Uh, our mutual friend he uh 
Our mutual friend, a uh, guy named Chaz Gessner, we put, yeah. I put his uh, number in my phone as Roger Goodell <laughs> and had him send me a text that said, you know, hey, this is tampering. You know better than this. You guys are both, you know, and, and I showed it to Kingsbury and I said, you know, Mr. Goodell, he never texts me. I said, you better call Steve Kahn right now. <laughs> and his face... He was like, I, he said, I thought I was going to throw up. He's like, that's wrong. I mean, I couldn't let it go on for more than 30 it seconds. Yeah, it. It, was, uh, it was a good but a bad joke, man. I mean, he's like, you ruined dinner, man. I love it. Happy birthday, Sean McVay. Hey. Today he turns 12 years old. <laughs> right. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show Radio Network, I'm sitting at the Rich Eisen Show desk furnished by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Just showed a clip of Sean McVay. It's his birthday. He's 38. 38, man. Dude. And it feels like he's been the coach there for 10 years. It does. It does feel like he's been there a long time. Accomplished yeah. a lot. <laughs> you think? You think? Oh, I'm sorry. He's not 38. He's a he's a father of, the, of a newborn. He's now 75. <laughs> does age you. I bet you it won't. Fast. Not him. Not him. Not him. <laughs> it will not age him a day. Um, okay. It's a Wednesday. We're going to keep this thing going. You know what that means. It's time for power rankings, and I got a special power rankings list. Hit it. Hit it. This is my power rankings. There are many like it, but this one is mine. Power rankings. All right, here we go. Here we go. I've got a power rankings list of players that can single-handedly send their team to the Super Bowl this Sunday. Love it. Personally Let's handle go. matters. Let's go. Should fortune favor this brave. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Ten of them? I got ten of them. Oh, of course. Okay. And you might notice a, a theme in it. No Cowboys? That's correct. Okay. Number ten on this list is Brock Purdy. What if Brock Purdy shows up and starts winging it around and has one of his highly efficient buck 15, buck 20 quarterback passer rating game? That he's protected in the pocket. He sees the field so well. He took last week's game in the rain to heart. And he looked in the man and the glass and the mirror. And he says, I got all these guys and weapons. And I cannot wait to take this team to the Super Bowl and have everybody say it's the weapons. It's not me. That's Brock Purdy. That's exactly a guy that can show up and single-handedly take the 49ers and put them in the Super Bowl. Or, number nine, it could be... The other quarterback in this game, it could be Jared Goff. It could be the Cal Bear coming back to Palo Alto and taking care of business for this Lions team. Can it be him? Can it be the kid from Northern California? Jared Goff, born and raised in Novato, California, just north of San Francisco, played at Cal for three seasons, first overall pick for the Rams. He's been in this building before he's played the 49ers four times two and two in those games multiple passing touchdowns in all four career games played at san francisco two and two in the games at san francisco this guy so maybe he can be the guy to take the lions and win you know by the way do you know how many games the lions have won at san francisco since the mid 70s the answer is zero Zero. They haven't won a single game in San Francisco since 1975. (laughs) Way before Jared Goff was born in Novato, California. You were at that game, right? Nice. Number eight on the list. If it's not Goff, maybe it's the kid from Plymouth, Michigan, who went to high school in Dearborn, Michigan, played his college football in Ann Arbor, Michigan, bringing home a Super Bowl appearance for the first time for Detroit, Michigan. Maybe it's Aiden Hutchinson. Can he call game? Can he just set up shop somehow in the San Francisco backfield and tell Brock Purdy, you, sir, are going to be horizontal today quite a bit? (laughs) Number 97, Aiden Hutchinson can affect this game like that. Number seven on this list, he basically kept Kansas City in the lead. Well, he did, and then Tyler Bass did. But the reason why, in many ways, the Bills did not take the lead after the two-minute warning is because Chris Jones 
shoved Deion Dawkins yep. into the general vicinity of Josh Allen. Number 95 in your program, Chris Jones may be the guy who can personally send the Chiefs to the Super Bowl by putting Lamar Jackson on the ground. Who's able to do that? Chris Jones can do that, potentially sending single-handedly the Chiefs to the Super Bowl because he takes care of Lamar Jackson. He's the one who can maybe set an edge, which, by the way, is what he was. What the hell was he doing on the edge in that situation against the Bills in that crucial spot? Normally, he's right there in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Number six on this list, though, I'm going to put, and I know this may be heresy, over Chris Jones in this game, but I'm putting number zero for the Baltimore Ravens, number six on this list. Can Roquan Smith make sure that number zero is right in the face of anybody coming downhill? If it's Pacheco, if it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire, if some way, shape, or form, it's uh, Travis Kelsey crossing over the middle. Can Roquan Smith lead this defense and anchor it in a way that does have all the offensive inefficiencies that the Chiefs had problems with all regular season long and did not against the Buffalo Bills last week and in their week wild card win against the Dolphins despite some red zone problems? Maybe Roquan Smith can affect that. I was thinking of... of, of of slashing this with Kyle Hamilton because Hamilton may be the guy that can jump routes and make interceptions or Hamilton can be the guy to mark Travis Kelsey. But again, I I think Roquan Smith, a linebacker, can affect single-handedly stuff more than somebody in the back end of a a defense. Number five, if he's healthy, nobody can single-handedly put their team in the end zone and put their team up. From anywhere on the field, quite like Debo Samuel. If he's active and he's healthy and he's a guy that can create some sort of a dynamic as, uh, a running game and um, can can be multidimensional in the run game and the passing game, if he's healthy, he is such a difference maker and a yards after the catch guy. I'm putting Debo Samuel right there at four, but the fact that he's not healthy is the reason why I'm putting this guy above him. And this is exactly why... Uh, I, I, I've been singing his praises for, for a few days now, as many people have throughout the season. I'm putting Jameer Gibbs fourth on this list right here. I like it. I'm thinking this guy can hit home runs from like anywhere it. on the field, and this kid did it against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they are a stout run defense. This guy finds a crease. He's gone. This guy has a matchup problem with any of the linebackers. I know Fred Warner's out there, and you notice that he's not on my list because obviously I'm getting to the high-rent district offensively here. I understand how good the Niners' defense is, but this kid might be a type of difference maker with his speed and his his rookie ability to just not know what he should know in these moments. I'm putting Gibbs fourth on this list, but... If I'm talking running backs in this game, obviously number three may be your offensive player of the year. With all due respect to CeeDee Lamb or Tyreek Hill, Christian McCaffrey, we all know what he can do. We're now getting to the part of the power rankings where it's like, okay, I get it. You don't need to say much more. McCaffrey with two scores in the rain against Green Bay. I mean, if, I, if I'm if I'm the, the, the 49ers, I don't care if Dan Campbell's saying we're going to key the run. I'm going to test him, and I'm going to keep throwing 23 at him. Certainly, if Brock Purdy shows up and starts making some throws directly to members of the Lions secondary who might not drop it in the same way the Packers did on Saturday night. Number two, I'm going with Mahomes. Number two, that we goes without saying about how he can single-handedly put the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. And I'm putting Lamar number one on the list. I'm saying this is Lamar's moment, and in terms of what you can do that is really special and really unicorn-like and just put a team directly on his back and say, I am going to carry you with my arm or my legs or my heart, my brains, my guts. This package in a number eight jersey can single-handedly take the Ravens to the Super Bowl 
unlike, I believe, any other player that's suiting up for their team on Championship Sunday. And if you noticed, what I did on this list is I didn't put too many ball-dependent people on it. Clearly, Travis Kelsey is a difference maker and can single-handedly take people places, but he's got to get the football. And Debo Samuel I have on there because he's also a runner. It's easier. I, I you know, I, I didn't put Kittle or Ayuk. I don't. Wide receivers are ball dependent, and I think secondary members are dependent of you putting the ball in the air. I put people with the ball in their hands, quarterbacks and running backs, and I put guys who can put the quarterback on the ground, and if the quarterback isn't on the ground, they can get it to the running backs I just mentioned as well. And that's how I came up with my power rankings list. Uh, I, I left off Bosa, but I thought to myself, who am I going to leave off that on this list I'm not leaving off Roquan. Just not going to do it. And I, I, and I, I, I know Fred Warner is everywhere, and he is significant for that defense. I put Roquan on this list. No, uh, Justin Tucker. What do you mean? No kickers. Well, it's single-handedly. It's not well, single-footedly. Wow, oh, interesting. <laughs> right. I mean, not to get too literal on you, right there. No, Jason Kelsey. Meaning what? I mean, I mean I'm, with his I'm shirt ex- off, I'm excited and, to see how many beers he drinks. Okay, on in Sunday. Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, well, right. I mean, but the, that, I mean, a factor. He's a factor. Well, we could see if he's if this was just his uh, first step in getting ready. Okay. You know, he. I. I, I think he's a. I think he's a sprinter <laughs> when it comes to drinking. He's, Seems like you know, it. and he's Seems also like a marathoner. Yeah. I think he's a little bit of both. All right. Um, uh, but in all in all yeah, seriousness, yeah. I mean, kickers you can't put on there because they you you know they may not have the opportunity. So. Buffalo's home. All I know is that if you're if you're just joking around, you you kind of can't argue with my list. I didn't hear good. much from you. Good list, good list. I mean, who have I left off? You know, could it could it be David Montgomery? I, I mean, mean, again, you, you could went, it be you went with Pacheco? Not really the pass catcher guys. Pacheco. Well, because for sure. they're ball dependent. Well, like you've got to get them the ball. Mark so. Andrews coming back. That could be a huge. You know who I boost. I asked Cooper his thoughts on on this list before I left the house today like while he was waking up he mentioned Mark Andrews yeah. and I'm like but if I'm putting Andrews on the list I got to put Kelsey on the list oh, and, and I didn't uh, Kittle obviously too right so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I went with quarterbacks people who can sack the quarterback and game changers who are going to get the ball in their hands literally handed to them right and Debo is on this list because he can do that and 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 catch it as well right Plus, I mean, just ask a Rams fan. He damn near single-handedly put the he, – he did. He single-handedly put the Niners back in that NFC Championship game when the Rams had the lead. And I'm sure every Rams fan was holding their breath every single time Debo touched the football. Mm. And the Lions fans, if he's active, you you better get ready for a lot of 19. And if he's not active, I think the Lions have a significantly better chance of making the Super Bowl. We'll take a break here, 844-204-RICH, number to dial. And then uh, Andy Reid and Mahomes have spoken for the first time of championship week. What did they have to say about being a road team for a second straight week? And so much more. That's next. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ah, here we go. I should start every segment that way. I bet you I got everyone's attention watching the Roku channel. Here we go. Right? If I came back on the air every single time, just like, hey, I just got this, even though I have nothing. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. But when do we have something? We have something. Don't worry. Hey, everybody, just calm down. Oh, yeah. It's Justin. Um, Isaiah Pacheco asked about how to describe his running style. <laughs> okay. Hit it. I'll say the funniest one that I thought was, they said I run like I bite people. Like, I ain't no zombie. Like, that was crazy. Like, they run like people. <laughs> bike people? Bite. Like, like he bites like people. He, bites oh. people. Yeah. he does run like somebody stole money from him and he's giving chase well, to That's him. what you want. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what you want from a running back. But bites people? Bite. Like a zombie. Yeah, bite. Like he's running people. from a zombie yeah. or he has a zombie running. He, yeah. he does run... Uh, uh, his running style is very zombie-like. It's very interesting. Well, I mean, it's it's violent. That's yeah. what you want. I mean, really the way he, around he, a lot he picks him up and he puts him down, bro. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he looks like he's chasing somebody. Well, he's looking for contact, which <laughs> is what you want from a Most running back, right? Definitely. He's not shying away from it. You want a running back to create, and again, Dion was the first to I've ever heard refer to it as a business decision, because you know you want a defensive back to make a business decision, like okay. I've got to put food on my table. In order to put food on my table, I need to stay healthy, and I'm going to turn down this contact. <laughs> my job is to knock the ball down. Nope, nope, right. Nope. Not to get run over. And not, not lift weights at the combine. As Dion <laughs> used to say, I've never had to put Jerry Rice across my chest and lift him. That is a fact. <laughs> it's how he, would, he always said that, that whenever we would watch these kids put up. So they had these... These skinny DBs in the weight and reps room at the combine, you'd be like, what are, what are we doing with these guys? <laughs> Back on the Rich Eisen show. All right, the Chiefs are, are speaking, or they have spoken. Jared Goff is speaking right now. Yep. Championship. They used to do all the interviews Everybody on one day. Everybody. I remember sitting oh. on the set of NFL Network uh, for an entire day, just oh, like yeah. hosting a day of of of. Press conferences, Pressures. one team after another, and they're mixing it up all over the place, and and they're spreading it out over three days now. It's uh, Chattapalooza. It's fine with me. <laughs> um, so Andy Reid, speaking, he was asked about how Mahomes dealt with the frustration of the playing seasons, uh-huh. and you know, hey, this is a good question. That's an interesting question to ask Andy because. Clearly, you know, Mahomes has uh, has had his moments, including in that Buffalo game where I was absolutely thinking he was going nuts on the refs and the refs and and at the podium with the media because he couldn't do it in the direction of his teammates. So here's uh, Andy Reid on that subject. Listen, best perfectionist, and he's competitive. He's competitive as any of us right here. I mean, it's uh, more so. He, he just he wants it right around him, but he's willing to teach, which is that's the unique part. So he's he's willing to share what he sees with the guys from his his sight and and help the guys get into position. As long as they're willing to work, he's all in. The frustration is more off of feeling urgency and and winning games. I mean that's what he he's all about. We're playing at the highest level in the world, and if you're going to be as good as we think we're going to be, then the error margin is like this big. So you've got to tighten it down. The thing that blew my mind this week that got pointed out quite a bit that I'm sure Bills fans don't want to hear is that the Chiefs made the trade with the Bills to move up to take Mahomes. And when they took Mahomes, it was like, okay, read thinks that the kid is more of a far of like gunslinger and, you know, because we all thought he was taking Watson since he had, you know, McNabb who had a similar game to Watson's, right? At least that was the thought. And he moved up and Philadelphia's like, okay, here goes Deshaun Watson. Nope, it's the kid from Texas Tech. Okay. And what he has grown into 
is uh, um, our my, my kids' generation's version of uh, Tom Brady. We're going to see him for another 10 years, 15 years, if they're lucky. I don't know. So you want to play deep into his 40s? I don't know. We'll find that out. We'll be his coach. Who's going to be his his second Kelsey? Because he's going to he's definitely going to be playing football past Kelsey's yeah. playing date. What, what you know? What what what? How are they going to keep regenerating themselves? And um, that's the question involving Mahomes. And and what we just heard right there is a part of Mahomes that people don't talk about. We kind of talked about it. Um, with the quarterback series from Netflix when we saw him, you know, cursing at Max Crosby, right? Like yeah. from the sidelines, still angry. Like he's got the red ass in him and he's working blue, right? And so um, he, 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 he was frustrated because the guys around him were not pulling their weight. It's that simple. And I'm sure it got particularly frustrating for him when, when it looked like they couldn't get out of it. If I'm not mistaken, how many healthy scratches in a row is it? And I'm, I'm sorry to keep saying this because oh, everyone for, keeps for playing, lay, laying, laying it at his feet. I don't mean to say that either. Or putting it in his hands. All right, this is, I should stop. But <laughs> honestly, he has been the personification of their offensive woes of 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 being buttoned up on all the details, like Reed says, Mahomes wants everyone to be because he's a perfectionist. How many healthy scratches it have been in a, in a row for him? Uh, he hasn't played since New England, which was December 17th. Yeah, and that was the moment where the ball went off of his hands, up in the air, off his back. And I think he got hurt in that game. And then after that, it's just like, okay, we're, we're, we're done. I, I, I'd be surprised if we see him again. This year. But knowing Reed, who the hell knows? He's handing the ball to Nicole Hardman inside the five-yard line. So um, we heard before Lamar being asked about going against Mahomes, and he's like, I'm not competing against him, and talked about how great he is. Mahomes has asked the same question of Lamar today. He's going to be the MVP for a reason. I mean, he's, he goes out there, he, he leads his team. Um, he, he scores, um, he, he runs, he throws, he does whatever it takes to win, and, and that's what the great greats do. And I think the biggest thing that you, you like to see in, in other quarterbacks is, is how they improve every single year. Um, and obviously, um, everybody talked about his running, but you can see how he's developed as a passer, throwing from within the pocket, arm angles, making the, the accurate throw in big situations and, and big moments. Um, and that's what the great quarterbacks do. Um, and he continues to get better and better every single year. And so... Uh, uh, I knew we were going to play in a lot of games like this uh, as our careers on on, and I'm sure this won't. This will be the first of many. Love it. Can't wait. Can't wait. Because with Mahomes, right, we've seen him against Brady. Mm -hmm. Only guy to beat him twice in a postseason. The only other time he's lost in a postseason is to Burrow. He's gotten Allen every time. <laughs> this will be his first attempt at a postseason uh, win for him against Lamar. And that's the thing about Brady, because, you know, Brady kept collecting equals in the mind's eye of many. People who are coming at the king. And many of them missed. Eli got him twice, right? Yeah. So so Brady, Brady is, well, e Eli to Brady is what Brady is to Mahomes. Beating him twice. 2-0. And with Brady, you could kind of count that you could kind of count the the, the the quarterbacks and know them by name who beat him in a playoff game, right? And and there were few and far between. I mean, but sometimes he would get got. Yeah. Just like one year he got got at home by Burrow, and one time he got home he got got by Brady when when he was a young pup. And that's the thing too. What you just heard from Mahomes when he said the thing you like to see in quarterbacks is how they get better every year. Uh, I don't know, Mahomes seems to be the same level of awesomeness for several years in a row, and the only thing that changes is our perception of him because of him continuously getting to the AFC Championship game year after year after year. And at the time, it was just like, okay, can he do it? Brady beat him, then he did it for a Super Bowl, and then he didn't do it against Burrow, and then he did it 
you know, but lost in the Super Bowl, and then he did it. I'm not going maybe in sequential order. I'm just saying that there's been different ways of him getting to a Super Bowl and then losing it, getting to a Super Bowl and winning it, not getting to a Super Bowl twice, once due to Brady, once due to Burrow. Now he's gotten it again after winning a Super Bowl, and he's collecting people. He collected Hertz last year, right? He's collected Allen multiple times. He's even collected Burrow after being collected by Burrow. Yeah, but you could say, even though they didn't win, Hurts outplayed him last year. No, I I, you know? I get it. I'm just saying, when it all comes down to it, he beat Hurts in the Super Bowl. And now he's going for Lamar after getting Allen again. He's gotten two now. Oh, yeah. He's collecting them, just like Brady did. And so we're just viewing him differently because he gets to... Now, now he could he could equal Brady in terms of the rarity. What Elway did it, um, and uh, Bradshaw did it, Bart Starr did it, winning two in a row. Might be leaving someone else out. You know, Brady was the last to do it. Years one and two of NFL Network, first two Super Bowls, thirty eight and thirty nine. It's the last team to repeat. And if Mahomes does it now, now there'll just be another air of invincibility as he just, like, well, how's he improving? Mm-hmm. Right? And now this would be the year in which we didn't think he would do it because the pieces around him were, were less than or not good enough. That they were writing the defense. And um, that's what's at stake here. I know we're going to have a lot of legacy talk. Certainly over the next couple of days, right? Yeah. And um, and what it would mean, since there's three other guys in these playoffs who have not won a ring yet. And we always focus on those guys and not the guy who's already multiple rings into his career just six years in as a starter. And we say, well, what does the legacy mean for you? You've already legacied out right now. You're, on a, you're already in the Hall of Fame. If you retire now, you're in. And uh, so what's your legacy? His legacy is to keep beating you. And that's what Andy Reid was referring to. It's a different type of cat. And I don't think anybody thought that's who the Chiefs were trading up to go get on that night in Philadelphia. Uh Uh-uh. That's what he's turning into. And that's what he can do again with a win this weekend, collecting Lamar, putting him in his case, going to the Super Bowl and trying to bag a lion or another niner. It was Jimmy G last time. This time it's Purdy. But still, it's another pelt on the wall. Of course, the Lamar Jackson Ravens have a different concept. And we'll talk about their legacy, all those three or other quarterbacks, what legacies they could help build for themselves and their franchises. A few people will be talking about what uh, this would mean for Mahomes. It would just start to cement him as the Brady for my kids and their generation. Right? Fact. Fact. Oh, boy. I would love the games to start now. But they <laughs> won't, and they can't. And uh, this show ends the way it started, with Jim Harbaugh still uh, Michigan head coach. How about that? We got through three hours. <laughs> Nothing happening. Man. Racket. Racket. Let's try it again tomorrow. <laughs> Good luck, man. Oh, please. <laughs> That'll wrap it up for us. Thanks to Mike Florio, Bruce Feldman. Great conversation with him and Brian Winters. Great chats today, yeah, guys. Love it. Back to wrap things up on the Roku channel in a moment. 